I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, April 4, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a lot of stuff on the docket. We can learn a lot of stuff from today's market activity. We can learn stuff from intraday charts, from numbers, from stocks on the move. We're going to learn a lot of stuff. It doesn't look like much. The market had a relatively narrow ranging day today, but it actually did some stuff that's important. We're going to go over it. We're going to unpack the whole thing. First, what's the thing that jumps out off the daily chart? What is the most important thing that my eye is drawn to today? And that would be the 20-period moving average. Price spiked through a little bit on the downside, rallied off of that by the end of the day, finished pretty strong above 283. That's important information. It's more than just 283. They closed above Friday's close, which is like a recapture, if you will. It's even more important than a recapture from where I sit because they came in, spiked through the 20-period moving average, ran the test, rallied back up, and closed above Friday's close, which was a poor close. Unless it's some kind of a rope-a-dope, how is that not bullish information off the chart? Not off the chart's bullish information, but bullish information as a result of what the chart is saying. Barring the rope-a-dope and getting below today's low tomorrow like a gap down at the open, that would be a -a rope-a-dope. Then we would trade lower and we would trade probably a lot lower. The first place we would have to look to on the south side if that happened would be right around that 50 period moving average, call it 274-275. That's the 30,000 foot view from the night before without the market gapping down, but with the market finishing strong today. So we're not saying we're going to see the downside tomorrow. What we're saying is if we woke up to a gap down, we'd have to look to 276, 275, 274. How do we refine that if, in fact, we do get the gap down? Inside the numbers, I'll have a beat on exactly where we are, where we need to be. Let's talk about the other side. We had a positive close. The duck would be some follow-through bouncing off the 20-period moving average. What's the duck? If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's generally a duck the majority of the time. Sometimes it's an ugly duck, but the majority of the time it's a duck. So based on today's activity, we're going to say the duck is more upside. Now, we have that funky tail candle from Friday. We talked about that in the weekend video. How do we define funky? It's not the funky cold Medina, but it's funky in the sense that The market was not up in the area where that tail candle goes. It goes basically to the gap left open from the day before, which would be last Thursday. So here's a couple of things we're hypothesizing. This is a just-in-caser getting pre-prepared. Inside the numbers, I'll have a tighter beat on things based on where the market is, and they'll have closer numbers. But we're going to do a just-in-case for the home gamers out there. First, we're going to start at the bottom, and we're going to remember that we've been discussing this. We had a move off the bottom, a pullback, another move, a pullback, another move, and we have a pullback. Now, if this is in fact just another pullback off the 20-period moving average, 
The question is, are we going to do this and continue up into these moving averages, or is something else potentially going on? Well, there's always something potentially going on, but the first thing we have to note is that there's really a gap up here. There really isn't a tail candle up there. It really is a gap, so we have to ignore that candle from Friday. So now we're going to mess up the chart just a little more. We've got a line on the chart at 290.48. That's where the gap exists. So as a just-in-caser, let's say the market's real bullish, and at some point tomorrow, for example, and if it doesn't happen tomorrow and the market is bullish, we're going to talk about it again. But if the market's up there on Tuesday for somehow, some way, and we certainly know that it can happen, then we have to expect there to be what? overhead resistance up near the gap can they just blow right through and keep on going anything can happen but under normal garden variety conditions they would not just blow right through when there's a gap like that above or below we have to assume that the market is running to fill the gap and we have to assume that there's going to be some kind of price reaction in the other direction away from that gap What type of price reaction, what the market does after hitting the gap is going to tell us what the next likely scenario is. For example, and again, this is projecting a lot, not just a little, but just in case. Let's say they ran up, filled the gap, but quickly were rejected away by more than just a bread box, right? More than just a few pennies, more than just 50 cents or a dollar in the SPY. Let's say they had a pretty decent sell-off away from the gap. That may tell us one thing. Let's say they hung around up at the gap. They basically just went into like a chop shop formation, eating time off the clock up near the gap, but underneath the gap. What would that tell us? It would tell us something different. That, the second scenario, would be bullish and it would tell us that they're likely going to trade higher and we would begin start talking about The moving averages up above that are converging, that's the 100 and 200 period moving average up near what? The big fat round number of 300. This is big picture stuff, but since we're on the daily chart, why not have a discussion about some big picture stuff? When you drill down to the hourly chart, you can also see here there's another important area. That would be SPY 286, give or take. That represents what we call a gap window. What's a gap window? It's the window into the white space that leads to filling the gap. If you have a black background on your chart, it would be the black space. On my chart, it's the white space, also known as no man's land. So in between around 286 and 290 and a half is no man's land. There are and would be resistance areas up above there would be in between resistance areas again that's for inside the numbers members speaking of which what happened today well being that the market basically gapped down went sideways for the majority of the day bantering back and forth in a chop shop formation 281 was once again important you'll see that through the notes what we're going to do is run through the notes and you'll see It's a bearish formation until it's not. They're not breaking down. Instead of breaking down, as long as they get above the high of the day, and this was the early morning high, also known as the opening range high, and you'll see this all in the notes. If you're interested, 
read through the notes, and then go back to the chart and see what's going on and see if this information is A, valid, and B, can help you if you're a trader active during the trading day. But what happened was, against the opening range high, once above the opening range high, the market would get into what? It's no man's land. What was that created by? The gap down this morning... The opening range high becomes the gap window, and then they fill the gap into the end of the day on the end of the day jam session. If they're not going to go down, guess what? Light volume is a path of least resistance, and the recovery operation was underway. So that's the end of the pre-market notes. We'll take a look at stocks on the move. Might as well do it now since we're here. There were three stocks that hit their price objective, DKL, C, which is Citigroup, and PNC Financial. We'll take a look at these three charts because there's a lesson learned on these three charts as well. And I have to say, it was nice, easy trades first thing in the morning, Monday morning. Let's continue on with the notes, and you can peruse the notes at your leisure. I gave you the 30,000-foot view. You saw what the market did already. Basically went sideways until the end of the day. Once the end of the day showed up, They had a jam session above the opening range high. That was all she wrote. They went and filled the gap. If you have the numbers at your disposal, you can see what's going on. And guess what? Inside the numbers members over time from reading the commentary day in, day out, taking the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, and watching these videos each and every night, what they're able to do is read the tape. They're able to see. Once the market gets above the opening range high, it's likely they're going to continue higher. Why? Because there's a gap up above. The gap is going to act like a magnet. You hear it or see it discussed early in the morning throughout the day. You see it unfolding. Some traders decide to trade it. Some traders decide to be a spectator. Either way, everybody does whatever they want. You take the information at face value and traders do what's inside their comfort level. Let's continue on, scrolling up for the notes so you can see them. You can see, here's a little tidbit, don't get chopped up. When the market goes back and forth, and it was back and forth in one of those hourly chart bearish formations until the end of the day, it goes up and it goes down. And a trader, when it goes up, thinks that it's going up, so they hop on board. They're trying to chase the market. I'm not saying you do that. I'm just saying certain traders do that. It happens. Same thing on the downside. They think it's breaking down. They hop on the downside. They get whipped out of the market. It happens over and over and over again. That's the definition of getting chopped up. Hashtag don't get chopped up. Moving right along. Also, again, we bring out the 281. The market centered on 281. We're going to take a look at that in a moment as well. That becomes, until it's not, a pivot. We know it's important. Once the market started fighting 281, the bear bull battle ensued around 281 today again so once we see that starting to unfold we know 281 is once again important below 281 bears grab it above 281 bulls grab it and that's short-term stuff but that's the way it is and there's the end of the notes here's a 15 minute chart real quick and you can see right here 281 look how long they went back and forth in and around 281 guess what Higher low, we talked about that before it took place. I'm sorry, correct myself. That was in the notes as an awareness. Did they put in a higher low? So we use that low in the afternoon as a bogey. 
And you'll also notice that came in around 280 and a quarter, 280.20. We were discussing that number in the notes as well. You need to know your numbers. Go back and look at the commentary and then see about 280 and a quarter. How about stocks on the move? So we take a look at City. Wasn't really getting that much of a haircut at the open. However, I was able to identify a specific area on the chart where the more likely scenario than not was that it was just going to a destination and they would head back in the other direction. We know the two scenarios. Go to a destination, turn around and go back in the other direction or hang around for a cup of coffee. Bigger picture is... They kind of hung around for a cup of coffee because they came back to it. And you know the number's important when they keep coming back to the same spot and bouncing off of it. It validates the number. However, it gave us the trade early in the morning. So you see what happened here, making a high of 45.36 off of a 44.11 buy first thing in the morning. They did the deal. On the board, probably 7.30 a.m. PNC, if one financial's in play, there's probably another one lurking. 98.86 on the board, bright and early. Hit the number, turn around, went back in the other direction, making a high of $100.75 in short order. Guess what? These weren't home runs. These were base hits, and that's great to start off a Monday with a sweatless trade. In fact, two almost identical sweatless trades. Any trader that held on finished pretty strong. High of day happened to be $100.93 into the end of the day. DKL was a little bit squirrely. It basically edged into or dripped into the price. We like them to come straight in like the other two. That's the one you're more likely to get the reaction in the other direction. Also, this one registered on the Stocks on the Move list. There was a data feed issue. It registered as having hit the number long before it actually hit the number. And I had an email from a trader saying he was actually in the trade. So I'm not sure exactly what happened. I didn't take this trade. I just stayed away. But nevertheless, it worked out. You can see the $18 level was in fact important into the end of the day. Made a high of $18.54. It's considered a W. A little bit of a short hop. Thought I would bring this to your attention. I think this is kind of neat. It happens over and over and over again. But look what happened in the last candle of the day. So they ran the market down, ran a test of a number, right? So where it goes, nobody knows until it gets there. But here's the deal. What was the low? 283.05 against 283. So here's another way to read that. And it's an after-the-fact read. It's a Monday morning quarterback. But we have to use this stuff to our advantage for later. So we take what the market's doing, we put it in the safe deposit box because we're going to bring it out for later. So what happened here? They did the test or they ran a test of 283 at the end of the day, stayed above it. What does that tell you? Likely tells you 283 is important. That was also a bullish sign into the end of the day. Also, check this out. Look where they are. Be the umpire. 240 minute chart. Just put it in perspective, all they're doing is a bare flaggish pattern on this 240-minute chart until and unless they get above this high at 286. Yep, it's the same 286 from before. I just wanted to give you a visual using a different chart. When we look at things from another perspective and it confirms something we just saw from before, it's usually pretty good. So until and unless they get above 286, no dice for the bulls. 
However, as long as they do get above 286 and even begin closing hourly above 286, you don't have to wait for the 240-minute chart. Close hourly above 286, and they're going to be heading for the gap with the phony tail candle. And you'll notice that only shows up on the daily chart, doesn't show up on this chart. So you know it wasn't true. You know it wasn't true anyway, but it confirms price never traded there. On the daily chart, it's none other than shenanigans. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Couple of things. Same routine with the moving averages into the 50 and 20. Came into the 50 last week, but into the 20. Didn't really come into the 20. I think they might have missed it. The low here is 122 and a quarter, and you can see down here the 20 period moving average is 122.03. So two ways to look at that, and it's both ways. It's the umpire. Either the market is strong and they trade it away from it without touching it, or they're going to come back and get it, and it's a rope-a-dope. Right now, you take the duck and say the market's strong, finishing near the highs of the day. They missed it. It's bullish. It's like missing a gap. It's the same routine. At least that's the way I view it. What else did they do? They filled a gap. So the gap was a little bit higher than the low of the day. The gap was at 122.41. They came in between the gap and the 20-period moving average, pulled up at 122 and a quarter, turned around and went in the other direction. Now let's talk about the gap. We just talked about the gap above in the SPY. Let's use the same concept for what just happened in the IWM. So what just happened was they came down to fill the gap, turned around and went back in the other direction. Fine. So use the same concept. If they go back and fill the gap on the north side in the SPY under normal garden variety market conditions, we're going to assume on the first hit that they're going to turn around and come back down in the other direction. Doesn't mean they can't stay bullish just using what generally happens on the first run. What's doing down in the transportation department? Now that's ugly. This is an anomaly based on what happened today across the other markets. Why is that? We were down 2% in the transports. Even though they did turn around and tried to rally, they didn't do the same thing the other markets did. But a lot of the decline today in the transports has to do with the airlines. That has to also do with the fact that Warren Buffett threw up his airline stocks at some point last quarter. He was on TV this morning telling the world about that, but he was long gone out of those positions, who knows what price and when. So it was really a shoot and ask questions later for the marketplace. They threw the airline stocks up. It dragged down the transports. Now, we have to say this. The transports, while it's my second favorite market leading indicator, it is the first favorite canary in the coal mine. What's a canary in the coal mine? It's something that really gives us a tip-off long in advance, not too long, but in advance of other markets doing something. It's kind of like a little birdie on your shoulder saying, hey, this is probably coming, just not here yet. So we have to take heed. It has to be a puzzle piece, even though the airlines were the culprit dragging down the transports. Maybe it was a one-day wonder. Maybe it wasn't. It's below all the moving averages, and I'm here to tell you, until and unless they can recapture the 50 and the 20 period moving average, no dice. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. It's on the bare side of the ledger. We have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. Now here's the flip side, the folks out in Silicon Valley. This is really the strongest market out of them all. 
above all the moving averages, up 1% today or just short of 1%. Nothing wrong with this market from a daily chart perspective. Nothing wrong at all. There's a gap up above. It's the same gap that we just discussed in the SPY. So we're expecting the same routine. Are we expecting them to just blow right through that gap if in fact they do continue up? Or would we be expecting a price reaction away back down south in the other direction away from that gap? On the first run, that would be the garden variety thing to do. What about the financials? Good day for the financials considering where they were early in the day, meaning they finished positive, not positive on the day, but they didn't finish at the lows, they finished near the highs. That's a positive. What's a negative? Same as the transports. Below the moving averages, all of them is a negative. Until and unless they can recapture these moving averages, no dice. What do we always say about the financials? Without the financials, it's unlikely the market's going to get very far in either direction. So until and unless the financials can get up and go, it's unlikely the market's going to get very far in the northern direction. Puzzle piece on the table. Umpire. Balls and strikes. Smash mouth. The semis. What tracks the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, which is also a pretty good leading indicator for the tech sector. It's kind of a tweener. Not in the same position as the Q chart. What's a tweener, by the way? A tweener, for example, in golf, is one of those putts where few guys want to give it to you, some don't. It's kind of in the leather, not really. I'd like to see you make it. The next one's good. In between clubs is also a tweener. Not in as good of a position as the Qs, not in as bad of a position as some of the other markets. It's a tweener. Jury's still out. Not going anywhere till they get above 131. Took a glance over at the TV today, had CNBC on, volume off. I like to peruse headlines. Sometimes I get material. Sometimes I tell you the material. Sometimes I don't. This one came right off the TV screen. They were interviewing Brian Moynihan, who's the CEO of Bank of America. Have no idea what they were talking about. Doesn't matter. The headline or the caption under the image of the two, the commentator and Brian Moynihan, was Bank of America sees spending picking up. Now, at first glance, you would say, hey, that looks like positive information. Fantastic. Then when you sit down and think about it for a minute or a second or a fraction of a second, you realize, well, of course, spending's picking up. It has to pick up from zero. The country was closed for the most part. Now, it wasn't totally closed, but for sensationalism purposes, the country was closed. We're just now beginning to open up stuff. Of course, spending is going to pick off off the basement. I'm not picking on him. I'm not even picking on them. I'm just picking on the person who wrote that caption. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? All true and accurate information I'm going to pull the ripcord here. It's everything that I really wanted to and intended to discuss. We'll give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. 
subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.